How many of you guys are ready to jump in the Word today? Come on, somebody. Man, we're so excited. You can go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles. If you're at home, grab your Bible. We hope that you brought them with you here in the house. Uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. We've been in Ephesians a lot lately. I think the Apostle Paul has a lot to say about difficult times. You know what I'm saying? And We've been in this series called This Is Still Your Year. And I just want to let you know, if you're in the chat, we'd love to see some emojis and amens and come-ons whenever it hits you. I'd love to hear it whenever you're in the house. I'd love to hear that stuff so that we can communicate. But this is still your year. Last week, we talked about how um, we don't have to have a wasted year, but we can have an invested year. And we can either hold what God's been giving us or we can invest what God's been giving us. And so um, I just believe that I got some people that would love to invest what God's given us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, amen, and see what God can bring of it. And today, if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, I want you to title it this. It's a phrase that I use all the time. I've said in messages all year long. Uh, over the past couple of years, really. And uh, the thing is, is I want to really just lean into that phrase today. But I want to say this before I tell you what it's called. Because I want to tell you that a message is only as good as the action you put behind it. Please hear me. A message is only as good as the action you put behind it. I can hear the greatest message in the world every day of my life, but until I put action behind what I say I believe and what I hear, then nothing is going to take place in my life. Are you with me today? So I don't want you to come. I don't want you to check in online. I don't want you to come in the house when it's time. I don't want you to come and hear a message. I want you to come and act on something God's telling you. And, and so today, I want to tell you this. The title of the message is, Want Something Different? You probably know the rest. Do Something Different. Want something, I hear people all the time, right? This is one of my favorite phrases. I hear people all the time, man, I want something different. I want it to be different. I want this to be different. I want that to be different. Blah, 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 blah. You want me to tell you what the truth is? You don't really want anything different until you're willing to act on what you want. Come on. I don't really want my church to reach the world until I put something behind that. Maybe it's money, maybe it's energy, maybe it's prayers, or probably it's all three. I don't really want my marriage to go to the next level until I'm willing to become next level. Come on, somebody. I don't really want something until I'm willing to do something about what I want because it's only a pipe dream until I'm willing to put action behind it. Want something different? Come on, say it with me. Do something different. So several years ago, or about three or four years ago, honestly, um, I got tired of looking like a straw man in a garden trying to keep crows away from the, from the fruit, right? I was, I, I was, man, I could have sued my legs for non-support. Like, I was just a stick man. It was bad, right? I was just always a skinny guy growing up. I'm still a skinny guy. I get that. I'm a small dude. I understand. But there was a point in my life that I hit, and I honestly was just like, I want to be in shape. I don't want to be like, I know a straight line is a shape, but I don't want to be that shape, right? That's what I was, just a straight line. I didn't have a butt. I had a back and thighs, and that's it. Like, it was bad, dude. It was bad. And so I just... My whole wife is like crying, laughing over here. And you ain't got to do it that bad, babe. Like, and so I just decided, like, now listen, let me give you this prerequisite. Because some of y'all looking at me like, you, you in shape now? Listen, <laughs> I know I'm not big right now. 
But y'all give me some steroids. I mean, give me some time. It's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I did. I decided I wanted to be in shape. I wanted to be in the best shape I could. Now, I have some surgeries that I seem to have about every time I start hitting my goals, and it sets me back. And that's all right, because I just pick up a little bit later after all that. But, man, I started, I started going to the gym. Some of y'all don't know what this is. This is a dumbbell. I didn't call you a dumbbell. It, this is a dumbbell. This is, uh, it says 20 pounds, but I'm going to be real honest. It feels like it's about 40. And um, so I started going to the gym, and I started hanging out with guys that were bigger than me, like Austin and John and some other guys that are just in really good Like Pastor Travis, he's got, like, he runs and hikes, and, and he's in shape. Like, I hike five minutes, and, and I need an inhaler. It's bad. Uh, Marty, run, Marty, listen, Marty, our drummer, he rides his bike like 734 miles a day before he ever gets up and goes to work. It's crazy, right? And so I started hanging with these guys and asking questions. And I, some guys, I asked questions and I got answers I didn't like, right? So I was like, John, how do I put on muscle mass? You know what John told me? John had the audacity to look at me and tell me I got to lift heavy weights. How dare you, John Hobgood? Elgin campus director, like, I started asking Pastor Travis, how do you run like that? He told me I had to get out and actually run. <laughs> right? Man, I, I've asked people, how do, I, how do I do these things? And they're like, you need to build your leg strength. Nah, bruh. I hate leg day. Like, I, have, I had leg day the other day, and I couldn't walk up the steps. <laughs> you know? I honestly, in the office, I got up out of my chair and I did this number one time. Pastor Travis was like, oh, yeah, that's a good leg day. I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm about to cry. Right? And so we got, like, I had to go and I had to start doing something. I got to switch hands. Because <laughs> I ain't reached my goal yet. <laughs> I ain't where I want to be. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to put it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but we <laughs> here's the thing about that right it was a goal a dream a wish until I went and signed up at a gym and paid the price found the workouts and did it but here's the thing I could have walked into that gym watch this I could have walked into the gym and the same 20 pound weight could have been sitting there and I could have looked at it and said, man, I wish that I could pick that up and I could do some bicep curls. Y'all better go out for your pastor right now. Hammer curls, somebody, shoulder presses, hallelujah. I could have walked in, that thing be sitting right on the rack, and said, man, I wish I could pick that up and I wish I could do those workouts with it. But I never would have been a part of any of that. I never, I'm in better shape now than I've ever been in my life probably. It's kind of sad, but I am. I never would have gotten in anywhere close to the shape that I want to be in. I'm still not where I want to be, but I'm closer than where I was. Why? Because I didn't walk into the gym and look at a 20-pound weight and hope something happened. I walked into a gym, and I grabbed a 20-pound weight, and I started figuring out how to make it happen. I started, and here's the thing. I had a surgery a year and a half ago. My neck and my shoulders still bother me. I still can't do certain things that I want to do, but I go through the pain and I do what I got to do to figure out how to get in the shape 
I want to be in because I'm tired of being where I was. Anybody with me in the room? See, part of the problem is, is it will look at a 20-pound weight. A 20-pound weight is a 20-pound weight until you pick it up. A 20-pound weight ain't nothing but a doorstop until you pick it up and do something with it. Come on, somebody. And the problem is, a lot of us want something. But how many of us will pick it up and do something? We get mad that what we want isn't happening. We get mad that at work, my boss is treating me like this. We get mad that I get looked over for a promotion. I get mad because my church ain't doing the things I want. I get mad because my life grew. I get mad because my friend. And here's the thing. What am I doing with what I want? Because if the problem is always somebody else, it's not them. Uh, I knew that was going to hurt somebody. It's not them. And so I want something different. I got to what? Do something different. And I think we're all in a place to where over the past six months, we probably looked and said, I want this to happen or I want that to happen. And there's a point where God's going, pick up the weight. Stop waiting on your pastor to pray for that and you pray for it. Stop waiting on somebody else to fund that project. You fund it. Stop waiting on somebody else to volunteer for that role you volunteer for. Stop waiting on somebody else to be the difference in your office and you be the difference in your office. You, you start, and we gotta come to a place where I don't just want it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be a part of something. And this is still your year is a reality that this is my moment. This is my time to pick up the weight. I don't care how much it hurts. I don't care if I'm sore the next day. Pick it up and let's do something with what we got in the room come on I want something different I gotta I gotta do something different and in Ephesians chapter 4 Paul in fact the entire book of Ephesians is like this but specifically 17 through 32 of Ephesians chapter 4 Paul is talking about the fact that we need to look and hear me I preached a message in define the line about be different this ain't that message this message is how to be different. Because I can want to be different all day. But sometimes I got to step out of my little comfort zone and stop doing everything else I, uh, 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 that everybody else is doing and start doing what God's called me to do. And I want to I read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17. And I'm only going to go through 23 to start with. It's verses 17 through 23, and it says this. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord, please hear this, that you no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk, in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality, for the practice of every kind of impurity and greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth in Jesus. Now watch this, this is where it hits. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Here's what he's saying. you got to get this. Paul isn't just looking and being like, 
Hey, you need to, you need to try to be... No, he's saying you want to be different. You want to live a life of Christ. You want to live a life of submission to Jesus. You want to live a life led by the Spirit. You say you want to live this life. Now I'm going to look at you and say, now do something about what you say you want. Paul's looking at the Gentiles. He's going, stop living your former life because you're sitting there saying you want to live this way, but you're still living that way. At some point, you have to wake up in the morning and say, no, no longer, no more. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm changing because I'm ready to be different. He said, watch his words. He said, take off the older self and put on the new self. In other words, I could say it like this. Stop talking the way you talked before you met Jesus. Stop thinking the way you thought before you met Jesus. Stop judging the way you judged before you met Jesus. Take off everything that I was and put on everything that he is. I, if I want something different, I got to what? I got I to gotta do, do something different. And I think it's interesting, there's another... A chapter and there's another story in the ministry of Jesus the disciples come across this demon possessed boy and they begin to try to cast the demon out of the boy then the boy just kind of the demon just kind of looks at him and is like you crazy Jesus comes along with a word he casts the demon out the boy falls asleep Jesus stands him back up and the disciples are offended you ever had somebody, you did something good in your life, and they got offended at you for it? you like, dude, I'm just living my best life. I'm just doing what God told me. They're like, I can't believe you. That's what they did to Jesus. What in the world? They looked at Jesus. They said, Jesus, why could you cast out the demon and we couldn't? What was the big difference? And watch this. Watch this. Jesus looks at him and goes, this kind of thing only happens through prayer and fasting. All right, so here's what Jesus says. Watch this. Jesus says, if you want to encounter something that's supernatural, you better change doing all the natural things and go to the supernatural. <laughs> they said, Jesus, we tried to cast the demon out of that kid. I know it's a spiritual war. I know it's a supernatural war. And Jesus, how come we couldn't? And Jesus goes, because you didn't pray and fast and you didn't believe on that level. See, if you want new things, if you want big things you have to do big things you have to you have to you want something different you have to do something different our lives hear me our lives if you're watching online or if you're in here today i want you to hear this our lives are perfectly designed to get the exact results we're currently getting let me say that again because that's a wake-up call for some people our lives are perfectly designed to get us the exact results we're currently getting why am I always so anxious? Probably because I feed nothing but negativity. Come on. Why is it hard for me to believe God can do big things in my life? Probably because I'm not feeding faith. Why am I always at the end of my money when it's the end of the month? Probably because I'm not budgeting and spending correctly. Why is my marriage always stressful? Probably because I'm not doing anything to make it not stressful. Why does my wife or husband not feel love? Probably because you're not, um, we got kids in the room, <laughs> loving them. Let's be honest about this stuff. 
Why does my boss think I'm a jerk and hate me? Maybe because I am a jerk. You see what I'm saying? My life is perfectly designed to get the results I'm getting. If I'm living a life that's constantly in the midst of turmoil and drama, I might need to look at how I've designed my life. If I live in a life that's constantly about somebody doing me wrong, I might need to look at the fact that maybe I've designed my life to always be the victim. Or maybe I've designed my life that it's always all about me. You follow what I'm saying? Our lives are perfectly designed. It's called, it's a leadership principle, honestly, but it's called systems. We create systems and culture in our lives that bring about the results that we're currently getting. And so I have to look and I have to decide this, and I have to understand that what I consistently do determines who I become. Let me, let me say that again. Write that down. Somebody put it in the chat right now. What I consistently do determines who I become. I can't become a spirit-led, faith-driven follower of Jesus if I read the Bible when the pastor reads it on Sundays, and I pray when the worship team opens, and I worship whenever the drums hit right. Anybody in the room. I can't do that. Like, that's not, that's not who I'm, I'm putting on something that I'm not actually am. I'm trying to become something that my life is not is not fulfilling. My systems, my consistent behavior is not backing up what I want to do. So what do I need to do? Because here's the truth. Things only shift when I shift the things. And I know y'all are like, all right, that's just an inverse sentence. That, what are you talking about? Think about this. Things only shift when I decide that the things have to change. My marriage will only change, hear me, not when your spouse gets better, when you get better. My, my, my workplace only changes, not when my boss changes, but when I change it. Because what I perceive, I receive. And so if I go in and I got the wrong mentality, guess what happens? Guess what happens? I see it the wrong way. Okay, My relationships will only change when I decide that I have to change something. My marriage, my church, my life group, whatever. It doesn't matter because we're all the body of Christ and we all have a responsibility in this thing. Are you following me today? Is this helping anybody? And so we've got to understand that what I consistently do determines who I become. And Paul, honestly, right in the middle of this thing, right on down, and I'll let you go read this at home, but 25 through 32, Paul begins to give us things that we need to do in order to change something. Look, look, in, in 25 through 32, he starts talking about lay aside falsehood and speak truth. What? So he goes, he goes, hey, you want to be different? Stop talking junk about everybody that you don't know nothing about and start speaking truth and love to them. Oh, man. Well, okay, there's a practical step, right? Some people say the Bible can't be practical. I don't know about you. I believe if the Bible ain't practical, I can't live it. All right, that's about three of you. He says this. He says, be angry. Wait a second. I thought the Bible said don't be angry. No, it says be angry, but don't sin. Don't sin. How do I not sin? I don't let the sun go down on my anger. I don't go to sleep so angry that I wake up the next day more angry, and I'm ready to go do something now. I can be angry, but I'm angry. That dadgum punt hit that boy's thigh last night. Cost me a chance at a dub. 
Because I'm part of the team, I guess. I don't know. But don't, I guess the sun went, Lord, forgive me for the sun going down on that. He says this, he says, don't give the devil an opportunity. While you sleep, the devil works. He says, he who steals must steal no more. But he must go get a job and quit being lazy. I mean, that's essentially what he says. We're looking at practical implications of want something different, do something different, right? He says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. In other words, quit talking down to everybody and encourage somebody. I don't know about y'all, but our world needs a little bit more encouragement today. Why don't we learn to quit talking junk about people and what they wear and what they say and who they vote for and what they think and all these things and just start going, that's fine, you can have your opinion, but I got mine too and I love you still the same. He said, he said, here's some implications. Here's some practicalities, right? Go on. We can keep right on going. He says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then he says this, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and be kind. Let all bitterness and anger and wrath and malice just be put away. He said, life's, this is what Paul's saying. Y'all, I've been flogged, I've been put in jail, I've been put in prison, I've been beat up, I've been talked about, I've been cursed, I've been arrested, I've been all these things. Life's too daggum short to be walking around with all that stuff. Make a difference. Some of us walking around carrying bitterness towards people in front of us that somebody 10 years ago did to us. And now the people you're married to has got to pay the price for something somebody they never met did. We got to, and Jesus is going, let me wrap my arms around that. Let me love you through that. If you want something different, you got you to do something. I love how practical this is and, and what Paul is actually saying here. And here's what we all know. Jesus changes things. There's nothing Jesus did that he didn't. Jesus went places and everywhere he went, change took place. Walked into a temple to go worship. Saw people doing something they shouldn't have been done. He flipped over tables and cracked whips. He wasn't being mean to the people. He was restoring order. I think some people today, the church needs to restore order back in their life because they don't realize that what they're doing is taking advantage of the temple. That's a whole nother message. He, he walked into that dude. As a teenager, the dude walks into a synagogue, opens the scrolls, starts teaching people that are three times his age and changes the atmosphere of the room. Are you following me? He walks up to a man that had been laying by a pool for healing his entire life, walks up to him, says something to him, touches him, and his life has changed. Pick up your mat and walk. He walks up to blind people and heals them. Everywhere Jesus went, he changed the room. Get this. He changed the atmosphere when he was on trial unjustly, and, and, and he looked at him and, and said, I find no fault in this man. But if you want, Jesus was so merciful and graceful and so life-changing that in the midst of being unjustly tried, he changed a Pharaoh's mind to the point that he didn't even want to put him in arrest. Are you following me? Change happens. So if change happens everywhere Jesus is, and I claim that Jesus is with me, why is there no change? Why do I still cuss like I used to cuss? 
Why do I still drink way too much when I used? Why do I still look for guys and girls in the same places that I did before I met Jesus and then complain about the product that I'm getting? I love you, whoever's watching this. Why, why do I complain about my financial standing whenever I have it? If Jesus isn't, I hadn't changed nothing. I'm still living the same life I've always lived, but now it's just, well, Jesus will take care of that. He died on the cross. It's grace and mercy. No, you're ignorant for walking the same life that Jesus, and I'm not calling you ignorant, it's the life that we live. because Paul says it right here, he says, you haven't changed because of the ignorance of your belief. He says, you want it, but you don't live it. You claim it, but you don't hold it. You, you want it, but you're not convicted by it. You're not changing anything. Anybody with me today? When Jesus shows up, everything else changes. Healing takes place. My lifestyle shifts. I can't still talk about people in the same way that I did before I met Jesus. If Jesus is a change agent and Jesus is in my life, then shouldn't I be changed? And so I want something there. Man, I just wish, and this is what I hear people say all the time, especially right now. I just wish all these people that ain't got no sense about what they're talking about and they acting crazy and they doing all this wild stuff. I just wish somebody would just tell them that they're wrong. Got about 100 people in the room today. By the end of the week, I'll have about 1,000 to 2,000 people watching this stream. Jesus didn't say, wait for me to show up and I'll change everything. He said, go into all the nations and reach the nations, teaching them to obey all that I command and baptizing them in the name of the Father. He looked and commissioned us to go and do it, but if we're not changed, nothing changes. We're just going and we're just, the, uh, Paul says it in another way, that if we have not love and we do these things, we're nothing more than a clanging gong. And it's annoying. And it falls on deaf ears. Be what you want to see. If I want something different, do something different. I could walk in tomorrow to Planet Fitness on my day to do my workout, and I could stare at a dumbbell, and I could say, I hope that thing moves and gives me muscles. Or I can walk over, and I can pick it up, and I can sweat, and I can hurt, and I can be sore, and I can be frustrated, and I can do those things, and then I can go home and be pleased with what I'm getting. Or I can just stare at it and hope Marty shows up on his bicycle. And picks up the dumbbell. Are you following my thinking today? Paul looks at us. He says, you want something different? Be something different. And, and here's the command for all of us. Paul actually starts in the very beginning of verse 17. And he says this phrase that is, uh, if we're not careful, we'll overlook. But it's really the glue that holds it all together. In verse 17, at the very beginning, he says, so this I say. So in other words, he's looking at him and he's going, this is what I want to tell you. And then he makes this statement. And affirm together with the Lord. Affirm together with the Lord. If I want a God-honoring life, God-honoring marriage, God-honoring kids, God-honoring church, God-honoring life group, God-honoring workplace, office area, whatever, I have to affirm 
or lift up and come together with the Lord. I can't have God-honoring stuff and leave God out. But a lot of times we go, I got some great ideas, God, and this is what I'm going to do. And we never invite God into the process. Our worship, you guys can come on. Never invite God into the process. But what if in the beginning I say, God, this is where I feel like I need to go. This is what I feel like I need to do. I want something different in my marriage, so teach me how to be the husband that I need to be. God, I want something different in my county, so teach me how to be the church member you want me to be. God, I want something different in my church. Teach me how to be the pastor I need to be. And sometimes it's God going, you just need to buck up and change some things. And then sometimes it's God going, you need to go find a new coach and a new mentor that can walk you through. Sometimes I don't know, but here's what I know. If I never ask God, I'll never get his plans. Affirm together. Hear me. Don't walk out of here going, man, that was a good self-help seminar. I got some good ideas. No, what we need to do is walk out of here and hit our face. And go, God, this is what I want to see in my county, in my home, at work, in my state, in my church. This is what God, tell me what to do and change me. And it's a process. It's a process. It's never quick to change something you've always done. But it's always a process. When I need to change my thinking, God takes me on a journey of doing that. And today... And I got a couple things. One is there's some people in the room, I just believe, and online, that I just believe it's time to give your life to Jesus. You can't affirm together with the Lord if Jesus isn't in you. And you're sitting there and you're watching and you're going, I've got some things in me that need to be changed. You said Jesus is the change agent. And it made sense. Everywhere that he goes, he changed. And he wants to live in my life. He wants to live in my heart and take residence in me. And so that means he wants to change me and things about me. And I've got some things that need to change in me. And I need to give him my life first and foremost. I've never prayed the prayer of salvation. I've never asked him to forgive me. I've never asked him to live in me. But today I want to because he's a change agent. And if that's you and you're watching this, I want you to know that your life is about to change forever because Jesus is about to enter your heart because the Bible says when I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that he is Lord and he's died for my sins then I shall be saved the truth of the matter is is when I believe that he shows up in such a way of love and grace and mercy and change and today is the day where everything shifts for you I'm not saying every bad thing will go away, but what I'm saying is, is now you got a partner that knows way more than you, that is stronger than you, that is greater than you, that is better than you, that comes along and says, let's go arm in arm at this thing and let's take it on. So if you're out there today and you say, this is my day, i got to give my life to Jesus today. I just want you to repeat this prayer after me right now, right where you are, whether you're in the room, whether you're on the, on the stream right now, I just want you to pray this. Dear Jesus... I give you my life. Thank you for loving me no matter what. Forgive me of who I was. Change who I am. And help me become who you created me to be. Thank you for dying on the cross to make room for me in the family of God. I give you my life. 
If you said that prayer, if you said that and you believe that in your heart, I want you to know you are now a part of the family of God. Can we celebrate for somebody? If you did that, I just want you to text the word CONNECT to 803-205-2487 or click the link in the chat. We'd love for you to be a part of that. And then there's some of you today that are going, you know what? I want something different, and it's time to do something different. I, it's time for me to change something. It's time for me to, change, to do something different. It's time for me to ingest different things, digest different things, live different things. And I just want you to know that today is not a moment of me preaching a great sermon. This is the overflow of my heart, that it's time for us to stop talking about something. It's time for us to stop listening to messages and walking away. It's time for us to do something different. And so here's what I want you to do. If you're ready, everybody in the house, just go ahead and stand to your feet. But if you're ready and that's you, would you put some hands up right now in the room and on the chat? That's me. Pray for me right now. I want something different all over the room. My hands are up. I see hands going up all over the room in the chat. If your hand is up, I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come down onto us and God, that things would begin to shift. We want something different. Today is the moment where we begin to shift lifestyles. We begin to shift everything, God. Things shift in a way, in such a way that we will be what we need to be in order to see what you want to see. God, I believe that we don't just want something different, but we're willing to do something different. I pray, God, things would shift. I pray that right now, God, as we worship in this moment, God, that we'd feel a fire and a push like we never have before. And things would begin to shift in us in such a great way in this moment. Father, we honor you. We worship you right now in your name. Amen. Come on, church, let's worship.